Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. O-M-G, Delora. We have surpassed a thousand downloads. I have the biggest smile on my face right now. (laughs) O-M-G, wow, wow. Let the church say, yay, man, okay? (laughs) Listen. I mean, in four months. In in four four months. months. This is episode 20, guys. We cannot even find the words to express how much we so appreciate every single listen every comment all the feedback all the love and support we've gotten because laura and i literally started this based on our love of talking about pop culture and tv and movies and hoped that someone was interested in hearing what we had to say. Exactly. (laughs) Someone to, you know, listen in to our girl talk, essentially. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We do have a great comment that we had posted on Apple podcast that we wanted to read off. It is from 415 Sal. I love normal people so much. And this is the first podcast I've heard after listening to many where the host really understood the show and dissected it in a smart, thoughtful, and non-flippant way. Plus, (laughs) they are funny. We'll be listening to more episodes, especially Bridgerton. These two just get it exclamation point listen 415 sal we do not know who you are but we love you thank you love you appreciate mean you it. mean it always and forever ashley xxoo <laughs> okay thank you guys so much keep the feedback the comments coming we'll continue to read it off each week as we get it and again guys over a thousand downloads god bless you thank you so thank much you. thank you thank you so Dolores, new month, girl, and yes. it's Happy Women's History Month. We went straight from Black yes, History Month ma'am. to Women's History Month. How yes, you feeling? Ma'am. We winning. We stay winning. <laughs> <laughs> All I do is win, 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 no matter, no matter what. what. <laughs> hey. Um, also, girl, it's been nearly a year since these COVID lockdowns went into place. You know, this week, what the benchmark was for me? It's so, it's so crazy. I literally saw a promo on TV for an event I went to last year that the United Way did. And it is the last event I went to on the, on the last normal day that I had. And I saw that promo and it's going to be virtual this year. And I was like, oh my God, it's been a whole year. It's unreal. I I have no words because this past year is just 2020 was an interesting year even before the lockdown. Yeah. Um but 2021 is 
is off to an interesting start as well. But um, girl, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) But but honestly, just looking back at at this past year, I have to admit I have gone through. Uh, the emotional roller coaster of COVID nineteen. Okay, being yeah. in the house, mm-hmm. in the house board. Okay, <laughs> saying okay, let me watch a couple of shows here and there. To like, what is really going to be happening by the end of this year, girl? girl. I shaved my head because I'm just like, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> And you look good, honey. Oh, you look so good. Thank you. Thank you, mom and dad. But girl, <laughs> okay. It, it, it's been here. And then we had, you had the bright idea to say, hey, let's finally do this thing we've been talking about for the- For years. For years. For years. And yes. then here we are. Here we are, Ashley. I know. I mean, I just, it's, it's wild because I remember the day that we got told at work, like- you need to leave a half a day. We're not coming back into the building. I was thinking like, oh, it's going to be a week, two weeks, cut to nearly a year later. Girl. And I could not have imagined everything that happened, not just with COVID, but as you're saying, everything else that has been happening in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels like I've aged. <laughs> and sometimes I look at myself in the mirror like, are we still only, you know, have, is this really only been a year? Because it right. feels like five sometimes. Sometimes. But I'm so grateful. You know, I'm grateful for you. I'm yes. grateful for all, every family member, every friend, every moment. Delora, when I tell you I'm cherishing just going outside and looking at flowers right now, like that's yes. where I'm at in life, you know? Yes. I'm cherishing the flower blooms. And I hope that even if we return to some level of normalcy, I'll never stop appreciating the small things at this moment in life taught never. me. Never. You know, I, I hated the term when I first heard of it, grounding. And hmm. then I was like, this is such a woo-woo thing to say. It's like, okay, you're going outside, <laughs> okay? But I, I appreciate it. Like, it's like, okay, yes. let's go outside and walk in the grass with my bare feet because I need, I need to be centered. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. One day I just opened my garage. I literally just stood there, took a deep breath of air, closed my garage and went back to the house because like, I just needed that moment, you know? Absolutely. I'm sure so many people can relate, but again, I have so much gratitude for this life that I've been Girl, we here. Live. We're yes. still Lies. absolutely amen hallelujah and, you know knocking on wood and the blood of jesus mm-hmm. we haven't gotten sick and that is a miracle absolutely laura let, I'm, let me knock on some wood too girl okay <laughs> y'all knock on some wood with us as y'all listening to this okay oh uh, but yeah let's move out of that girl because we have some hot topics to talk about this week let's go um, you know we had other things we could have discussed you know chris harrison and his sort of apology Girl, Michael Michael Strahan said it best, saying that it was shallow. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, I'm gonna let Michael Strahan's words be the final ones. I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing, (laughs) but that's essentially what he said. Okay, um. But instead, we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of our recap because we texted, I think, almost the entirety of the show for the Golden Globes that aired just this past Sunday. Yes, ma'am. Um, let's talk about our favorite moments in the fashion, but let me just hit some of these notable wins first, girl. Yes. Chadwick Boseman, as predicted, won Best Actor in a Drama Motion Picture for Ma Rainey's Black 
bottom. Well deserved. Yes, all the applause. If we had the applause on our track, we would play it right now. <laughs> it's, it's even painful for me to say this, but to hear his widow oh. in her exception, acceptance speech, girl... I, I cried. Yeah. Tears. Yes. Real that tears. Was, that, that was a top moment. Not a favorite because obviously it was so sad, but top so end. So sad. As I text you, her grace and Girl. humility and ability to really take these moments and shine despite everything that has happened, despite the fact she's lost her partner, that strength, I don't know where it comes from, but kudos to you. Ashley, kudos to you. I want to say this really quick. One of my favorite podcasters, uh, Demetria L. Lucas, Mm -hmm. she said it best. She said that, you know, when you marry someone, obviously you want to make sure they got got good credit. (laughs) (laughs) But you want to marry someone who's able to preserve your legacy when you're gone. Mm. And I was like, whoa. No, that's facts. That's that's facts. facts. Because you can tell that was a beautiful partnership and pairing, right? He chose the right woman. And I heard Denzel talk about how much he felt that she really took care of him and looked after him. And he was like, you better marry that 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 girl. You better marry that woman. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Okay, well. Again, well-deserved. Knew it was coming. You guys check out our recap of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom if you have not already. Yes, please. Andre Day. Whew, best Girl. actress in a drama motion picture for the United States versus Billie Holiday. We will get back to that. We will. That was a thoughts. moment. That, that took me down because I was like, Andre. Yes. I'm so happy for you. You know, I loved the joy across oh, Viola my Davis' face when she saw that she won. It was what it was like that reaction of at least it was one of us. <laughs> a win for you is a win for the community, right? For, and it's always been that way. Always. Did you see when Regina King realized she was in the same hotel? Girl, Kate- yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, I I'm getting chills. Her, uh, stories. That was Did you? Okay, beautiful. Perfect. Guys, beautiful are you following moment. us on Instagram? Because we we have a lot going on on Instagram on the regular basis. Sure <laughs> Especially our stories. We keep you up on the latest and greatest in Hollywood. Yes, yes. We will get back to that, though, because we're in a micro dose, the United States versus Billie Holiday today. Um, but I was just, I was floored. This is her first role she was incredible so chloe zhao won best director of a motion picture for nomadland which also won also won best motion picture drama i mean Mm -hmm. it was a historic time for the number of women who were even nominated in this category so to see her win also felt felt her speech was so powerful yes and i really didn't appreciate them trying to you know rush her first of all it was like the same way I felt when they did that to Halle Berry. It's like, do you realize this is a historical moment? Exactly. Give this woman her time. Not only for her being a woman, but an Asian woman. Like, give her her time. Do that on Jason Sudeikis, okay? Because... Exactly. We're going to get back to that, too. Him and his doggone hoodie. Oh, my God. We're going to get back to that, too. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, Best Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture for Judas hey, and the Black hey, Messiah. Hey. That's yes. another moment because you know y'all better have given that, that that bet, y'all better have given that man his airtime. Okay. First of all, for that to be the first award of the evening and they had technical difficulties, I was like, oh no. Like <laughs> this is here we be, go. First of all, 
at this point, we've had numerous awards, you know, done um, remotely. And if the Golden Globes was so far, you know, they already are behind with their actual <laughs> As Hollywood we know. foreign press. As we know. But don't tell me you're behind on the technology too to where <laughs> we were going to have glitches throughout the whole night luckily that was the only glitch yes, really yes. of the night but they fixed that real, real like, quick. don't do me dirty yeah they fixed that real real quick and then john boyega won best supporting yes. actor in a series mini series or motion picture for made for tv for small acts yes it's amazon prime um series of movies by mcqueen wow Yes. One of one of our faves that I listed at the end of our 2020 episode, Shit's Creek, won yes, Best Musical or Comedy Series, sure as did. well as Catherine O'Hara winning Best Actress Deserved. in that category. Loved did it. Did you think Kelly Kuoko was going to get it? No, I did not. I mean, Me I, I personally really enjoyed The Flight Attendant. I told mm -hmm. you that when she was up yes. for, but mm -hmm. was her performance stronger than Catherine O'Hara's over the series of Schitt's Creek? Absolutely not. Because again, Schitt's Creek is done. Schitt's Creek it only is. is getting awards after its full body of work. Exactly. Honestly, the momentum didn't happen until on these last, what, two, maybe three seasons? So, yes, yes, and, yes. And the awards are happening now, the final season, so super happy for them and can we talk Absolutely. about how i'm sorry you know my boo dan no you mean our boo that exactly. quaff, that <laughs> i told you that i said he is quaffed to the gods like i could not handle it head to toe baby head to toe okay <laughs> what was that color was it a you. yellow a green what, what? it was like a gold i feel like he was a statue and he was an Amazing. award he was our award that night because i love dan <laughs> levy so much Always. <laughs> uh, the Queen's Gambit, again, yeah. if you have not listened to our yeah. recaps, because we had part one and part two, won best miniseries or TV film, and Anya Taylor-Joy showed up and showed out, first of all, as best actress Girl. in miniseries or TV film, okay? Yes. Finally. Okay, we're gonna go get ahead. to that we're gonna get yeah. to that when we get to best best looks we we have not gotten there yet i know i'm being long-winded i apologize um soul our last recap guys best original score and best animated feature film amazing first black lead in a pixar film yes yes win this award it's well deserved again Absolutely. i think um compared to the other movies in that category you know, that one spoke to our soul, literally. Literally. As Shamika said <laughs> last episode, spoke, yes. soul spoke to the soul, okay? Sure did. Sure did. All right, now hit me with your favorite fashion moments from the Globes. Girl, okay. Anya. Yes. Her style is La Roche. He also designed our styles, Zendaya. Z! Um, Priyanka Chopra, mm. Ariana Grande. So he has... He has impeccable taste, and that that laundromatic blonde hair with that green custom Dior, yes. girl, and she was just flawless, flawless. Mm -hmm. Second favorite, Regina King. Okay, girl, her stylist. I actually know one of them. I actually know both of them. Uh, Micah is a friend of mine from college, and they style Tessa Thompson. They style. They've uh, styled the lead of the new Disney movie coming out. What is her name? She's from the Star Wars movies. Anyway, 
they are amazing stylists. She's my number two because Regina King is always flawless to me. Yeah. And it is not because I'm biased. <laughs> she's <laughs> not <singularly> at all. <laughs> fire. Okay. <laughs> and then number three for me, uh, honestly, is Dan. I mean, mm. that th- those are my top three. How about yours? Okay. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. Um, absolutely. That Alberta Ferretti. I forgot. Rose also styled her too. It was everything. It was everything. You know what it did? It what did it for me for Tiffany? First of all, she's never looked better, and I no. hate to say it like that, but no. you know, I mean, th- first of she all, looked we like hope a billion bucks. Okay? We hope we only we hope we only continue to look better and better. It's the blonde hair for me. It was. The, she looked amazing. Gr- I mean, first of all. She's never come off as a fashionista. I mean, I know she's worked with him before, but her looks have never was on this level. This is like a list. You know what it gave me vibes of was Whitney Houston in that beautiful scene in the bodyguard where she had on like that crystal dress. Like that's the first thing that I thought of was that movie and that scene. And I was like, Tiffany, the body is banging, the dress is banging, the The hair is banging, the melanin is popping. Common giving you that good love. That's all I know. I guess. You know how I feel about that relationship. Delora, he has to be. Okay, he has to be. Is Common a prize? I love Common. I love Common. After he's been with Serena, Kerry Washington, uh, Erica Badu, the list. We not young. That's the thing. Common is not a, he's not a teen. He's not a 20. He's not a 30. We've lived life. You know, Common was my boo for many years. I'm just saying. But after the fifth celebrity, it's kind of like, what are we doing? What's I, the goal? I still love Obviously not marriage. <laughs> I mean, I still love so Common. So I, I think he's giving her that good, good love. Uh, Thank you. I, 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 Anya Taylor-Joy is on my list, too, because there's no doubt that she was fucking fierce, okay? The hair, the dress, everything. And I'm just such a fan of her poise. Like, she has old Hollywood glamour. Yes. She's She's just fabulous. And then my last one was Gal Gadot because that Givenchy dress, the flow, the The beauty, the legs. (laughs) And then to find out, I was like, oh, that glow came because you're pregnant. Oh, I understand why I thought you were so radiant, pregnant with her third child. So, you know, everybody, I I thought, I thought the fashion overall was exceptional for this award show. There's some award shows that I don't think are very good. I agree. Uh, yeah. Considering Jodie Foster in her pajamas, uh, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis in and a that damn hoodie. hoodie. So speaking of that, let's go ahead and move into best moments or favorite moments. The Jason Sudeikis hodie and this cringy ass speech that this man gave. It was bad. Top it was moment so for bad. me because. <laughs> It was so bad. It was good, right? It was like, Jason, I think I texted you. I said, was he shocked or high? Because yeah. I just could not gauge it. <laughs> I just... So for me, my favorite moment was Don Cheadle asking him to wrap, wrap it up. up. I was, I was done. And the funny part about it was some people might've thought that he was joking. I am a hundred percent convinced he was serious. Oh, like... for sure. <laughs> he was how all of us were like this is horrifying this is cringy you don't have anything that you prepared to say Nothing. you're sitting there in a hoodie on the golden globes like you just were not ready today it looked like fine. he literally rolled out of bed it was like okay 
I'm a, I'm, a, I'm nominated. He just came from running an errand. He was just at Whole Foods, and he came home and said, "All right, we gotta hop on camera real quick for our guests. <laughs> we about to do the gold globes." Like you know, it, it that's it was so good. It was so bad. It was good. But I yes. love Tad Lasso, so that was one thing you too. Was like I actually love this series. Yeah, yes. I, it was a hidden gem. Mm-hmm. So you know, I love the series. So I'm glad that he won. But cringy as hell. Um. Daniel, going back to Daniel's mic drop at the beginning of the show that we just talked about, that was another yes. moment for me, Delora. His speech. Yeah, I'm gonna need y'all to let Daniel say his piece because he that was he he could not believe it. I felt all his joy. Oh, you mean when Daniel wait, at the very Dan- beginning? Oh, of Daniel Kaluuya. Yes, sorry. I'm sorry. I we could have been talking about Dan, Dan Levy. Yes, no, sorry. No. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes, oh, but for me. It was John Boy Boyega. After his win, he immediately went to Instagram Live and he was losing his <laughs> He was like, yo, I'm in my sneakers. I'm in this house by myself. Yes. He's like, yo, I just want to go to Globe. <laughs> you know who I would love to hang out with? Both him and Daniel Kaluuya. They seem like they would have like the best time yeah. at a party. Daniel left, lost me a little bit at the end of his speech with his uh, what, whatever slang he was talking, that black British slang. I was like, sir, oh, I don't yes. know what you're saying. I'm but like, this isn't for me. No, <laughs> but for sure, I'm super hyped for you. I was super hyped for both of them. I love that John Boyega is doing so much even behind the scenes these days, so excited for both of them. Um, Andre Day winning, Chadwick's win. Yes. My last one, the Jane Fonda speech. Yes. You know, you know, for people older than us, she's problematic, but she's a shero as far as I'm concerned. No, she is. Legend. She's still getting arrested. She's still out here getting arrested at 83 years young. I saw a video. It was uh, it was going around on Twitter. It was her winning her Oscar doing sign language talking I about how too. they are missing out on closed captionings. I'm like, girl, this, she's been about this life. Uh, they forever. Won. Forever. They won. Forever. <laughs> and I remember watching a documentary of her, uh, I think it was called Jane Fonda in Five Acts or Four Acts or something like that. That was so well done. But after I went back down the Jane Fonda rabbit hole, because mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're an exceptional person who has lived such a very multifaceted life. Yes. And she's so, well, you know, she's a privilege. Her her dad was Hollywood, you know For what I sure. mean? So yeah. it wasn't like she had to do any of this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you and I know? mean, still riddled with some, still a lot of, I mean, her mother committed yes. suicide. Yes. Neither here nor there. I don't want to go down a whole Jane Fonda rabbit hole. But she looked amazing. Um, girl, I love how she's embracing the gray hair. She looked I'm beyond like, amazing. Amazing. Beyond. And then she says she's not buying any new clothes. So she's wearing her recycled Outfits. Couldn't tell. You couldn't tell me. Right. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop buying clothes if I make it to 83 as well. Okay? Girl. Call me. Well, <laughs> the last shady thing I had to say was, I'm surprised Jennifer Lopez didn't have anything to do with her little... You, told, um, you sent that to me via text. You know, every everyone who said something to say before her presentation or whatever, you know, because everybody, that that's a big deal. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. movie, Monster-in-Law. So, yeah. Yes. Did you have any uh, anything else for the Globes before we move into our second hot topic? 
Uh, nope. Overall, I thought Amy and Tina did a good job. They weren't the funniest they've ever been for me, mm-hmm. but I was kind of like, yo, they're clowning the Hollywood foreign press for not having black people. And, you know, apparently they knew that was going to happen because they had so many uh, moments where was, they were like, we're going to have a conversation and talk about why, yeah. you know, we can be, be- how we can be better. It's like, you haven't had a black journalist in 20 years. It kind of feels intentional after a while. You think? Hello, Bachelor. I'm just saying. It's Girl. just, Girl. you know, it's so funny. It's so interesting. Every time these things come up and then there's mea culpas and then there's we'll do better and y'all want to tout out every person and, potentially of diversity y'all have on that stage. I mean, it's Girl. just so interesting. Girl. And the last thing I'm going to say to that is get when you do get your journalist, be sure you don't run them out because – Sometimes people don't stay for a reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just the only one. I'm just the token. Okay. Um, let's move on to our last hot topic. These Dr. Seuss books Girl. that are being pulled, six of them, basically from what I glean, six Dr. Seuss books, including, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street and if I ran the zoo will stop being published because of racist and insensitive imagery and this is actually coming from the business that preserves and protects dr seuss's legacy they said um it's dr seuss enterprises and they said these books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong ceasing sales of the books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure dr seuss enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families um delora I feel mm-hmm. like there's been such a debate lately in regards to whether or not these types of things are just a band-aid over the real problems, whether this is mm-hmm. just cancel culture or whether or not this is still necessary because racism starts in the home and racism starts a- as a child because you don't, you're yes. not born racist. You're not nope. born discriminating against other people. So what are your thoughts on this move by Dr. Seuss, as well as just the general thought of erasing or ceasing to sell things that historically have been available to people? It's so funny. I actually had someone reach out to me, a, a former coworker, um, a white woman, o- o- a little bit older, in her late 40s, and she was asking me what my thoughts were because she is feeling like, you know, her walls are caving in because everything is offensive. And it's like, because everything is offensive. <laughs> <laughs> was that your response? <laughs> I I pretty much said, I said, well, the items slash images in those books were never okay. It's the situation where the minorities depicted in those books. So we're talking Africans, Asians, mm-hmm. um, and Dr. Seuss is notorious for having in terribly offensive things for Jewish people as well. Those, those groups of people either didn't have a voice or their voice wasn't respected Mm -hmm. therefore they didn't have the ability to be heard to get these books off the shelves when it first became you know available right so because of that you're feeling like 
oh my goodness, cancel culture. No, it's, it's accountability. Mm-hmm. The publisher realized that these, these books, <laughs> those images are not okay. They perpetuate dangerously Racist stereotypes, negative stereotypes that are harmful to, um, you know, minority groups. And because of that, they are taking the responsibility of taking off the shelves. Now, do we, do I think they should be banned forever? I believe they could be used for higher education. You know what I mean? To talk about the, the, it's time when it was published, the norms, we always need to be able to look back on those things, but for children to consume, no, because again, if we're you said that with your whole chest, <laughs> with my entire chest, okay. If we are ever to move forward, you have to start um, with the things you feed your children, and that's mm-hmm. through their media diet. That's what they hear. That's what you say. They are sponges, okay. Yes, yes. And I just, I just feel like for for children. It should not be available and that ultimately we don't want their understanding of the world to have such a negative, mm-hmm. n- you know, negative imagery. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think about it? I mean, I think you summed it up beautifully, right? I think it is that whole thought now of like, but oh my gosh, are you telling me everything that I w- looked at, watched, read growing up was somehow had racist imagery or things in it? Most likely, yes, because societally we're still at a point where we're trying to eradicate racism you think back when these books were published back in the early 1900s and things like that there was not inherent racism scattered throughout so your point i love your point about you know those people weren't in positions of power or weren't respected and you get fed as a minority to laugh those things off you know because it's like otherwise can i fight against everything i can't so it is a societal shift and i'm glad that it's making people uncomfortable it should make you uncomfortable because change is uncomfortable we've had to deal with racism and discrimination all these things forever so i'm so sorry if you're just now coming to the realization that the system and world that you lived in was inherently racist it's always been chris harrison it's always been to all of these folks (laughs) who now seem to think that 2018 was acceptable no to black people to asian people to hispanic people to any oppressed group it has never been acceptable we just had to take it on the chin and bear it up until the point where it became acknowledged that all this shit is wrong ashley when i tell you when i found out that dr seuss was a raging racist it broke my heart so there's an account on instagram called the conscious kid they have this wonderful post that really it's like 10 slides and it's called Dr. Seuss anti-black published work. Mm. And these aren't all in these children books, but again, he has, he did a lot of stuff outside of those children's books as well. And depicted black people is, you know, again, nothing wrong with being dark, obviously, but it's the over-exaggeration of the lips and the, the booty and, you know, using the N word, uh, there was a skit that talked about uh, the black man being lazy mm. and all those things. It is grotesque. Okay. Yeah. And then I've seen a couple of his um, published works with about the Jewish people and girl, I, I won't repeat any of that because yeah. it is that bad. Mm-hmm. And so 
it's heartbreaking for me because Green Eggs and Ham was the first yep. book I read by myself. Girl. One Fish, Two Fish, Red. I mean, these are a part Classics. of our lives. And I, unfortunately, I didn't find out this out soon enough because I have introduced those stories to my daughter. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is the the legacy trying to do the work and be proactive so that they don't miss out on billions of dollars. I got this Forbes magazine from last month. Dr. Seuss is the second highest dead celebrity. Yeah. They said that in an article that I read that um, his earnings in 2020 were an estimated 33 million before taxes. Right. So, I mean, to your point though, Delora, it is, I, I understand the thought that there's more important issues going on. I saw D.L. Hughley's post about, hey, we need to stop voter suppression. That's more important. And I totally get that. There's, that's valid. But the point is, is entertainment is powerful. And entertainment is the lens in which some of us have and Absolutely. use to not only um, live our lives today, but to look back on time. You know, so... I think that it's very valuable to reevaluate these works of art. I think it's very valuable to take them and remove them as necessary because, as you said, I don't want to introduce racist material to my children and have them come up in a society and absorb information that's to their detriment. I just don't. Yes. So kudos to you for doing that research and realizing it so that you didn't continue to introduce my my adopted goddaughter to that, <laughs> um, to that information. So... <laughs> yes. did you have did you have anything else before we move into our micro dose nope all right well let's get into the united states versus billy holiday that dropped on hulu this is a lee daniels film again starring andre day what did you think overall about this film i mean we did a deep dive into a part of billy holiday's life that was really um impacted by the fbi hounding her and investigating her and trying to arrest her and doing putting moles into her life to try to trump up drug charges and all sorts of stuff and i was totally unaware of this history so tell me your overall thoughts of this film and about billy holiday so i have to admit i have not seen lady sings the blues it is on my list of to do you know <laughs> i haven't i honestly haven't seen it either at least not that i can remember okay and i hear so many people talk about how they love the film how diana ross is a vision and you know billy d is the man <laughs> so so i i love billy holiday from what you know her voice the uniqueness of her voice but i did not know this story at all Mm -hmm. in terms of this film i will say i will be positive first okay okay andre day was unreal yes phenomenal yes she went in that role the problem I have is I wish the movie was strong enough to support her performance. Mm. And I say that because part of the reason why we're not even recapping this is because I told you, I typically do not like Lee Daniels films. Yeah. And I say that because I didn't like Precious. I, I didn't like Paperboy. That's the one with Zach Efron. I didn't like, um, I think the only one that, that I actually liked was uh, The Butler. I think mm-hmm. that was the only film I... I enjoy and someone said this the other day that I was like this is well said he has he loves um not a oppression porn it's like uh it's like trauma porn it's like very depressing yeah um you know like like 
like the scene where she is off um she gets off the bus to pee and then she sees the lynching <sighs> devastating is, it's devastating but where did this come from i didn't feel like the movie was cohesive i feel like there were just a bunch of scenes um that was just presented to me but they weren't threaded with an overarching message even her message of they don't want me to sing the song they don't want me to sing the song wasn't as clear as I, I needed it to be for it to hit home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To hit you're talking home. about with Strange Fruit because that was the main yes, song exactly. that they kept trying to suppress her from singing. And the last thing I'm going to say is um, it was her interview, uh, Andre Day's interview with, she did an interview with uh, Bakari and she did one with uh, Rachel Lindsay and Van. I can't remember which interview she said this in, but she talked about how the reason why Strange Fruit was such a um, a, ma- a major deal at the time was because you got to think about it. We're we're coming out of the the minstrel shows, right? So it was all about the happy Negro. Mm-hmm. I'm a slave, but <laughs> I'm jolly. You want a pancake? You know what I mean? Uh, so her actually singing something that was, um, you know something that was recognizing the atrocities in the society they weren't having it so Mm -hmm. honestly it took me hearing her interviews before me watching it for me to even get what i got out of the film so Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts ashley no that's a great point too because you have to think about well if this is a person who had no knowledge of this song of billy holiday how would they have received it and i think that's a valid point to feel like well they didn't do enough a good enough explanation for you to feel that someone coming into this cold would understand the significance right the mm-hmm. time jumping was definitely yes. to your point about it kind of being all over the place that threw me off so much I understood the overall story. Again, I feel like I got so much out of it just because I was so unaware of this history. I was so unaware of this attempt on her and how, you know, she was handcuffed to the bed while she was dying in the hospital. I mean, it was tragic. I had no idea what this history was. And the FBI obviously have been highlighted in many movies now over the years under hoover yeah he hated black people he sure did the the horrible (laughs) things that have happened in the history of that organization but this was just another one that to your point on uh andre day's performance was stellar but the idea that billy holiday was such a early proponent and gave her life for the fight and for civil mm-hmm. rights of black people in this country moved mm-hmm. me. I mean, overall the film still moved me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Andre Day's award was so well-deserved. This Worthy. is her first role. Yes. And ever. she went all the way there. She said that she was done with acting though. Cause that's how much she gave she of gave. herself. Well, yeah, uh, she talked about the preparation process and how yes. she started smoking. She started doing things Drinking she never gin. did. Yeah, just to Cussing. try to encapsulate <laughs> this role. But again, she did her thing. Can we just she say sure that did. she is the second black woman in history to win a Golden Globe for Best Actress in a Drama yes. Motion Picture? Whoopi yes. Goldberg for The Color Purple yes. 35 well, years ago was the first. Well, I will put an asterisk to that. Uh, Diana Ross did win something, but it was a different category. Um, but she was, I think, the first Black woman who to win anything. Like Period. Yeah. Period. But, um, but overall, I, I, the last thing I want to say was, again, 
it was it, it was pretty um again the performances were were fine it's just the narrative was confusing and like you said the time jumping i'm mm-hmm. like what is going on yes and, um there was something oh what i wanted to say was uh with about the fbi and, and hoover he is just a, a menacing figure in our black films because he was also very prominent in the uh black judas and the black messiah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. in getting and orchestrating the death of um fred hampton fred hampton so and chairman then, fred hampton and then the news of malcolm x uh, yeah. recently in the news it was like the fbi and the new york pd wanted him dead it was it's just so much it's yep. so much and yep. i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm laughing because it's it's actually quite heartbreaking it's <laughs> atrocious like i said they have been portrayed now in the last few years and really shown because i feel like for a while the fbi in film and television was portrayed as these heroes the as, hero. yeah Absolutely. and and so to know more about real history because i may be black but let's be clear i went to schools where i was not taught many of these things a lot of these things mm-hmm. i'm discovering as an adult as an adult we are in the information age thanks to the internet you and know? i thank for Google's and all these things that allow me and all these the fact that black people are now both in front of the camera and behind the camera and able to do all these things that allow us to tell and portray the stories. stories so to your point Lee Daniels sometimes tells a tragic tale but this is one that I was absolutely happy to watch and to have a better understanding for to have a better appreciation of the one and only Billie Holiday so absolutely. as we war on drugs starting as far back as the 30s like right we know about the war on drugs in the 70s right right but- with crack and everything yeah it's it, it was it was again for historical purposes fascinating andre day stellar um that really wraps up our hot topics and micro doses delora we're about to go to a much lighter note for the recap we sure are to all the boys the trilogy mm-hmm. i'm so happy we kind of talked about this actually offline, how the stellar comment that we recently got made me want to listen to our first episode, Normal People, again. And I was raving on how much I love a good romance. And this right here, we're going to be talking about the trilogy, which is a rom-com. So these are this is even better because we don't have as many tears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yes, to all the boys, so these three films, so the first film, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, came out in 2018, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You, came out in 2020, and To All the Boys, Always and Forever, came out this year. This is a Netflix original movie. They're all about an hour, 40 55 minute film Mm -hmm. a quick summary for the whole trilogy and i got this from wikipedia to all the boys is a series of american teenage romance films based on the trilogy of novels of the same name written by jenny han starring lana condor and noah centimilio in the central roles the plot centers around Lara Jean Sung Covey, a shy teenager who writes five letters, ones she's never planned to send Mm -hmm. to boys that she has had crushes on. The film 
The films show her experiences after the letters are received by the young men. As mentioned before, Lana Condor is Laura Jean Covey. Uh, Noah Centimilio is Peter Kavinsky. I'm going to go ahead and bring in Jordan Fitcher as John Ambrose, who's in the second film. Anna Cathcart is Kitty, who is Laura Jean's sister, little sister. Mm-hmm. Janelle Parrish as Margot. Aiden as Dr. Covey. If you don't know, you need to know. Um, I've always been AKA John Corbett. <laughs> <laughs> Let me live, Ashley. Let me live. Aiden is his character from Sex of the City, guys. <laughs> In case you've never been familiar. Team Aiden, always and forever. First of all, she didn't deserve Aiden, and I stand by that. Me and you are on the same page. Mm -hmm. We are on the same page, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, Sarah Sarah Rayu Blue as Trina. Trizzo Mahoro as Lucas. I apologize uh, for these. I'm going to have pronunciations. Pronunciations. Okay. Madeline Author as Chris. Uh, Emilia uh, Bahrain as Jen. I apologize again. And Israel Broishard as Josh. So over the three films, we've had different directors. Susan Johnson was for the first film. Michael Filmonari was for the film two and three. And Jenny Han as the author of the original books. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ashley, these films, the ratings are actually all over the place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the first film received the highest ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. 96%. I would agree with that. And um, for the critics, 86% audience and Google users, 96%. All right. For the second movie, P.S. I Love You, 75% by critics, 40% audience, 90% Google. And then the final film, Always and Forever, 78% critics, 62% audience, and 88% Google users. All right, Ashley, what are your, what's your overall ratings for this trilogy? Yeah, I gave the overall trilogy a B minus. And I have to say, I concur with how those ratings break down. The first film is absolutely my favorite. The I've best. watched the first film multiple, multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Um, loved it. It was, you know, but I'm all, I, I think I'm pro- I have a problem because I love the beginnings of romances. And this was one, you know, the meet cute, all the, the they were so cute. They were so young. They just, yes. it, it was just such a good introduction to the story um but over subsequently you know it kind of fell off a little bit and we can get into that once we get into the meat of it but i told you this is also the first of all the shows we've done and all the films we've done where i actually read the books so that also informs my grade so i'll say for right now and like most likely will stand even after our conversation it is a b minus for me all right and i gave this trilogy an A minus because I loved it. I (laughs) enjoyed the rewatch, even though, so 
absolutely loved the first movie. I would would have given that an A plus for sure. Mm-hmm. If I was mathematical, I probably should have weighted my score. <laughs> you know, I'm an analyst at heart. Anyway, um, the second film, I did not enjoy it the first time around. It was just simply okay, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then and then the third film. I liked, but it was very slow. Yeah. And then the ending, though, made me love it. And I was like, this is a nice bow for the ending for me. Okay. And so that's what saved it for me. But watching it all in order was a joy. So Agreed. I'll say even the second film was much more enjoyable when I watched it yes. right after the first. I was like, it's as yes. if I'm watching this with new eyes. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, Ashley. Okay, and so with that, we're going to go into our spoiler alert. All right, so any um, overall overarching impressions of the film? And then you talked about them, you know, having read the books. Yeah. Um, I, I think, again, I kind of spoke to it during the grading process of, you know, really loving the first one. It was such a great, cute introduction. The middle felt like the middle. It felt like such a buffer. The end, I realized, and I will talk about this once we get to it, there was some some confusion for me between the books and the films. I thought I was mistaken, but I wasn't about kind of how things wrapped up, and we'll get to that. Um, But overall, it's bubblegum, and you know I love some bubblegum, and it brings me joy. The color palette of the film. Can we can we give a shout out to her wall, her accent wall in her room? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then she was impeccably dressed the whole time. She was a cutie. She was a cutie. And Noah, we have to say that Noah was such a heartthrob when all of this started, right? He became everybody's Netflix boyfriend. (laughs) I mean, he was Duke Hastings before Duke Hastings for a while. And then he kind of fell fell off a little bit. Um, But my impressions, um, uh, Lana is a star. She was delightful. Yeah, Lana is adorable. She's adorable. She, delightful. She was charming. She carried these films as far as I'm she concerned. did. She, her and Kitty, because Kitty is my favorite character. Kitty, I love Kitty. Kitty, Kitty is, is the real MVP. And, and the other thing that I, uh, the, the other reason why I love these films is because I am a sucker, obviously, for rom coms, as I mentioned before, but it just reminds me of being in the same world as the proposal from 2009 yeah. the wedding date from 2004 oh my goodness lord and then more recently i still watch the wedding date like a lot when i tell you the first time <laughs> i me and my girlfriends watched that movie we were on the floor melting no uh, i watched that movie a lot i have it on dvd and i watch it on streaming like all the time <laughs> <laughs> and then of course bridgerton the whole premise of pretending to have some type of union um yes. and then eventually actually falling in love so, yes having an arrangement as you say yes ma'am because you know i put that in my notes because you know how i do okay <laughs> <laughs> i know you just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit so in these films we are in port portland oregon mm-hmm. um these kids again typical rom-com teenage drama they are suburbanites 
<laughs> they drive nice cars. Their parents have important jobs. And the homes are amazing. Can we talk about the Covey's home for Beautiful. a moment? Beautiful. Goals. Yeah. Goals. And even uh, freaking Peter's truck, that, that Jeep. Yeah, I love Jeeps. <laughs> so I, was, I, I loved his car so much. The other thing that I loved about these films, because uh, Laura Jane is such a romantic, she's a daydreamer, she's a writer, she's a lover of romance novels. She has a, an appreciation for the oldies, the 80 films, like 16 Candles. She has references like James Dean. Oldies for her. Oldies for her. When she kept hitting me with these 80s movies references, I was like, damn, you we get old, old. Well, you do realize those movies are still older than us, though. No, I understand <laughs> that, but it's still just like you talk about them like the way I think of like Marilyn Monroe films. You know what I mean? Oh, like, Lord. oh, this it's is such a bad bi- is it? That, it, That's why I said, girl, we oh oh. Like y'all talking about this, like this is such a bygone era. I'm like, damn, we that old? I was born in '87. Uh, well, they have to be careful too because '80 movies are absolutely toxic now. They a lot of them have not aged well. Well, they talked about all. that. They talked about that with six candles you know yes, yes and i appreciate that an asian character is able to talk about racism of an asian character in a film you know you is it, is it funny that it's like <laughs> it's so, such a part of our lives that it's like for me it didn't even compute i was like oh that's very true thank you for saying that but it's like yes that's very true yes it's awful how they were depicted in the 80s movies yes. like from the goonies to 16 candles to even going way back to breakfast at tiffany's goodness gracious yep so we start off with essentially the covey family coming to a new normal or or understanding their new normal their oldest sister Margot is on her way to college in scotland um lara jane is starting 11th grade and kitty is starting sixth grade and uh lara lara jane is essentially the quintessential middle child in some ways <laughs> because uh, she's hanging out with her little sister Kitty and she's just like, you know, I had to cancel plans to be here with Yo. you watching these old movies. <laughs> Kitty was, Kitty was uh, hilarious in that scene. Yes. Like even when they were talking about, you know, the, when their first day of school, she's like, listen, my friends had to rotate because everybody <laughs> wanted to sit by me. And I'm like, <laughs> Kitty, you just that popular out here in these streets. Yeah, my girl. Yes. And she said, listen, I, Lord Jean, I am 11, and I had to cancel plans to be here tonight. And you're 16, and I'm, I don't think you had anything else to do. Like, she was reading her sister hard. Really? Exactly. Exactly. I loved Kitty. <laughs> I did, too. And the film does a really good job setting up the protagonist, Lord Jean, because she has this beautiful fabric box in her in her uh, closet where she keeps letters, fully written letters with address and, and I don't think stamp were stamps on those. Oh, because that's the one thing she says to Margo later. I didn't put stamps on them. <laughs> when she's like, <laughs> why would you why would you write addresses on them if you never wanted to be sent out, Laura Jean? Like think think this through. <laughs> exactly. And so the five letters she she wrote to our our boys she's had really strong intense feelings for her. so the first one kenny from camp number two peter from seventh grade number three lucas from homecoming number four 
John Ambrose from Model UN, and then number five, Josh. Mm. So the problem with Josh is Josh was once her best friend, then turned her older sister's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So this is important because the letters are mailed without Laura Jean knowing. And honestly, I think this is the reason why the first movie is so much fun. I think you had more, more to chew on, right? So the, the fallout with each guy approaching <laughs> her about this letter, of course, the first being Peter Convinci, um, who is boyfriend, who is the boyfriend of her frenemy, Jen. Jen yes, yes. So that dynamic is already complicated, okay? Mm-hmm. He confronts her. I love um, how she kisses him because she saw Josh coming because he had a letter in hand as well. And he was like, whoa, what's going on? And I, I don't know at that very moment if he and Genevieve were officially broken up, but... They were. They were, that's right. They, they were. were. And uh, she kissed him and he's like, hey, what's going on? And then, of course, she runs away. And then I love how Lucas finds her in the bathroom. And he's like, <laughs> hey, hey, sis, guess what? I don't even like you like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I like men's, but I appreciate you. I appreciate the sentiment. And so... Of note, too, Margot had dumped Josh because she was going to college, right? So Josh is a free agent, but at the same he time, is, but that's my sister's ex-boyfriend. Exactly. And he's confused, like, hey, what's going on? Because you're my friend. And mm-hmm. for a while, um, Laura Jean was a third will for her sister and her best friend, Josh. So essentially... Laura Jean and Peter decide to make an arrangement because she, her biggest goal was to avoid Josh at all costs. And if she was taken, yep. he was like, he would be less likely to try to talk to her. And then Peter wanted to make Genevieve jealous right. because they, they broke up. She dumped him for a college mom. Yes, yes, yes. And so the thing that is common across all of these films is essentially the relationship between Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky. There's family dynamic and there's always a trip. Sometimes there's multiple trips. (laughs) And so the trip in season one that's significant is the ski trip. And so before we get there with their arrangement, they have an entire contract that they put on paper and uh this scene was so cute it was so (laughs) cute so she was essentially telling him hey i do not want you to kiss me and he was like well hey you kiss me but she's like i want to keep my first for my real life boo and i was like come through boundaries yes no seriously i know i know i respect it if she was like non-negotiable and even when she was shy or nervous she put her she put her foot down and mm-hmm. i love that about her um i love their compromise of like okay if we're not gonna kiss then can i put my hand in the back of your foot <laughs> <laughs> like, that is such a 
such an 80s thing to do and i love that was her suggestion and he was like put somebody's hand in the back pocket like what what are you talking about what era is this so when i tell you it was so cute when it was done in real life and then he gave her that note and he whispered in her job in her ear good job Girl, if my high school boyfriend would have been putting his hand and rubbed it on my booty back in high school in my back pocket, I wouldn't have been complaining. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was so okay. And then I love that their rule was no snitching. Of course, uh, they had to show up at each other's first um, rule of Fight Club. No, there's no Fight Club, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't and- talk about Fight Club. And he promised to drive her and Kitty to school because she's a horrible driver. And of course, can I make it? Get, okay. Let me say one thing about the whole horrible driver thing because this is a, yes. this was of note for me. I'm glad that this material came from an Asian writer because otherwise, Ooh. I would not have appreciated this stereotypical trope of yes. her being an Asian woman who cannot drive. I'm glad that you said that, Ashley, because for me, I honestly didn't even think about her being an Asian person that couldn't drive. Mm. I just took it as, oh, she's a young girl who probably would rather be reading than driving. You know what I mean? So I think for me, it's all about who the material comes from. Because that's very true. it's a trope if it's not from that community in my Absolutely. mind. You Absolutely. Know? If a white person had written that, then what are y'all trying to say? That's a trope. What are you doing? But Jenny Han, Again, fine. the reason the reason why i had a a major issue with malcolm and marie because it was like sir what what are you what are you talking about the black experience in black hollywood like as if you know yeah anyway um (laughs) and then so again with their contract if they make it to the ski trip they promise to you know sit together and hang out with each other and things like that so or other things because that ski trip other things happen. Other well. things do happen. <laughs> and so essentially, it's a lot of cutesy stuff going on in their fake relationship. And of course, we see that Laura Jean catches some feelings. Okay. And so it all comes to head at this ski trip. They were and both catching feelings, don't you think? They were both absolutely. catching feelings. But, you know, we as an audience was only really privy to, uh, I like Laura to call LJ. Yes perspective yes yes. and but one of the things i wanted to talk to you about ashley was for them to have been in this quote-unquote fake relationship peter and jen's relationship really bothered me girl who you telling the scrunchie i have in my notes the scrunchie things really irritated me it sure did. That's her favorite scrunchie. So, and you let your ex take it exactly, take it in the bathroom, have it in her hair, and pull it out, whip it out after the ski trip as some type of little token to say, you know, try to make her a little point. Like, I think that the disrespect was only tolerated by Laura Jean because of this the arrangement, the situation. But as the audience, yes. I yes. felt so frustrated that she never really stood up for herself in those situations. Because regardless to the public, yeah. to y'all circle, to the school, y'all are together. So yeah. when Jen was talking down, when they made it to the ski trip saying, oh, um, you know, if you want to, uh, let's let's do the, let's go down whatever ski path yeah. and whoever wins gets a hot toddy. I was like, oh, Peter, this, this, and that. Bitch, Girl. you better stay away from my man. 
Well, like, the fact that she let her sit next to her man the whole time on the bus. Why did you not sit next to Peter on that bus, Lord Jean? This <sighs> man got your favorite yogurt. He went to the Korean grocery store <laughs> and got your favorite <laughs> yogurt, Lord Jean. But it was because she did not know how to process having real feelings for her fake boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And that was fair because in some ways, what he's like removing from this narrative if I don't know how to act. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and again, she felt like, well, are we even on the same page? Are you still trying to? I mean, think about the reality of feeling like, you know, you're only you're only using me to get back with your ex. Do I really have any claim in the game? Do I really exactly. have any stake in the game? Exactly. Exactly. Well, apparently she had some stake some claim because the hot tub happens at the ski strip and honestly i love the conversation she had with lucas and he was like he's probably waiting for you right now downstairs in the hot tub yes. like, who for me he was like yes that man likes you okay <laughs> and then she goes down there and that was uh, for a teen drama that was a sexy scene okay yes. i was like yo yes look at this fun fact they uh, uh, uh lana kondo and noah both agreed to have a no dating pack because she said that when they started acting together she realized that their chemistry was pretty intense mm-hmm. but she was like i i have friends in the industry who started dating their co-workers and, and then they break up and still have to play you know a couple she's like for the for the sake of the film that she felt like it was best that they didn't have a real life I mean, she had a she has a boyfriend anyway so she i does. would hope she <laughs> does but but that seemed to come up in multiple interviews when i was looking you know up the films and things I mean, and people stand them so hard when the yes. first movie came out like let's be clear i did too i did first, too. i'm not gonna lie i did too the first film <laughs> yes, was such a like thing at the time like i said noah became this heartthrob sure their did. chemistry was palpable it was and then was. that picture that is used for the screensaver yes! that was a real picture it on was set it was that like a pa <laughs> took when they were taking a nap together i'm like yo and the director susan johnson loved it so much she incorporated in the film and it stayed with the film all three movies girl that's real chemistry right there i'm glad her boyfriend wasn't like listen we're over because obviously you've moved on <laughs> obviously <laughs> obviously you taking naps listen most people don't get to naps till a little while into their relationship y'all I taking mean, naps i'm just thinking about the crotch location like his crotch is exposed you are on top of it like girl no that was, that was a that was a couple we're together nap it sure was anyway it sure was <laughs> <laughs> so the okay the video mm. ashley so the ski trip was a success. Margot is at home when Laura Jean gets there. She thought it was great. And then she sees this video and she freaks the F out like she should have. Um, Margot being the big older sister. And one of the things I'm going to mention at this point, too, is their beloved mother is no longer with them. Mm-hmm. She had passed away. Um, so I, I will say uh, the actress Janelle did a really good job in, you know, showcasing big sister vibes. You know what I mean? Like, you- I love seeing her play nice too, because she was on Pretty Little Liars. She was, and yes. she was not a nice character. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I only watched one season of it and I couldn't handle it because of the bad decision making. And I had to realize, oh, they're teenagers. Oh, girl, anyway, I read all those books. Did you? Ridiculous. But she also started watching it as an adult. So I was like, yep, I can't do eight seasons of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but her sister was on it. She was able to, you know, get the video down. But that didn't mean that you know, it was all clear because as soon as Laura Jean goes to school, they have a picture of the video on her locker. I will say I was happy to see Peter speak up for her at this time. For sure. As he should have. As he should have. That was flat out bullying. It was. And, but we, we did not know who, who did this at, at this point in time. And then we did, we did, we did, we did. Uh, but it wasn't really exposed. And honestly, they didn't address it until the second movie, but we'll get there. To finish up film one, Laura Jean finally has this awkward conversation with Josh. And overall, I think it went well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he essentially got an understanding of where she was. He was like, you could have told me. He was like, oh, one of the quotes he said, he's like, you have to tell people how you feel when you feel them. And that was very relevant for her and Peter. And yes. so, yes. oh, and one of the things that I wanted to mention also is we find out that Kitty was the person who mailed off those letters. I mean, I knew as once I, when I watched it, because you see Kitty after that conversation about Laura Jean, you have anywhere else to be in your 16, you see Kitty go up to her closet. Yes. So I'm like, man, I knew it was Kitty. Dolores, should she have get should Laura Jean have given Kitty uh, a gift at the end of the film because she was the real MVP? First of all, Kitty's the real MVP for all three films. No, seriously. Like I am a hundred percent seriously. Yes. <laughs> and in this yes. film, in this film, not only did she send out the letters, remember she even saved the notes that Peter was writing to her because Laura Jean was throwing them out. She was, and, and Laura Jean never read them. And granted, those notes weren't really that spectacular, but I think it kind of showed, it got a little more personable, I guess, as, you know, she read the, the ruse, the arrangement kept, um, you know, going along or But whatnot. the point is, imagine somebody you really like or love at maybe at this point, if that's what she wanted to say, she felt was writing you like letters like it's just so it hits different when you have those feelings you see it it in writing like it was just so cute it was very cute it was very cute and uh laura jean at the end of this film decides to get in that car and drive all the way back to school for lacrosse practice where she wrote peter yet another letter and they essentially confess love for one another and one of the things that I love uh, in this dialogue, I'm cheesing because I love this movie so much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> one of the things we find out is that he went to Jen's room at the ski trip after they had their little rendezvous in the hot tub. And he said that the reason why he was there was because he was telling her that he was in love with Lara Jean. I think what caught me especially probably this last time when I was reviewing it for us to recap is communication the reason why these moments hit so hard when Jen said stuff to Laura Jean or she Mm -hmm. found out subsequently is Peter needed to open his mouth 
and tell her, like, listen, I went to Jen's room last night, and here's why. The fact that he didn't tell her was very shady. Yeah, communication. You thought it wasn't going to get back to her. You didn't think it was going to be a big deal enough. But, I mean, we have to talk about these things. That was a big deal, sir. Very big deal, especially when you understand the history of their relationship. Absolutely. Lost that V-card to Jen, all the things. All the things. And they have a long history, actually. For them Mm -hmm. to be in 11th grade, they go back middle school, and that's a lot for a person's life. And that was Laura Jean's best friend when they were kids. That's why they're now frenemies. Because she's still upset about a little game of spin the bottle back in 7th grade. Girl. (laughs) Now that's petty. Okay. When I tell you I have a situation like that in real life with somebody, and to this day, stop, girl. Over a kid, I'm gonna leave it there. Over a kid, over some situations back in like middle school, I'm gonna leave it there. I'm not gonna talk trash on the mic. The only reason, or the only way, I would allow this to be okay is if that person turned out to be a genuinely shady person in real life and i say that to say sometimes these kids kids do make mistakes but sometimes kids kind of show who they are at a very young age oh yes that little demon spirit is (laughs) (laughs) that messy instigator spirit (laughs) oh Oh, man that's funny But their dialogue is so cute because at the end when they, um, you know, confess their love for one another. Actually, he just says, I love you. She didn't say anything. So I love that part, too. Because Are you going to break my heart, Covey? Yes. Yes. She's like, what do you you put in a contract in a real relationship? And he was like, you got to trust. Insane. (laughs) Big smile across the board. That's what I put at the end of that my notes on that just smiles and, and cuddles it was so cute like i said this is a movie i go back to all the time i sometimes watch this to go to sleep like it's definitely a go-to for me in the rom-com genre yes okay p.s i still love you so laura jean and peter kavinsky are a full-fledged couple officially official mind you this also plays into like typical rom-com tropes you know he's the popular guy in school right so you have this now shy girl but who's super cute super stylish so why is she not popular i don't understand (laughs) um with the jock right how normal people (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you and they go on their first date and she is worried about how she's doing and the overarching theme for this move or for this particular movie is her insecurities still in her joy. Her insecurities are still in her joy, Ashley. Mm, that's, a, that's a good point. Essentially, she is second guessing everything in her relationship because her frenemy used to date her current boo. So she's just feeling like, am I better than what she was? I know there's a song like that, right? Like, I'm sure there's many songs like that. There was a one, there's that one country song I love by uh, Little Big Town about like being obsessed with the other woman type of thing. Yes. I'm obsessed with that song. Oh, and Chloe Halley has another woman song too. Yeah, but they're the other woman. They're the other woman and not one. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Wonder what she thinks of me. So the big thing going on in school right now is volunteer work. And the first... It's not an issue, but they decide to do different volunteer uh, work. So he wants to do Oakwood and she wants to do Belleville. 
Well, Belleville View, I'm sorry, is uh, the old folks' home, and her older sister had done it, and she heard great things about it, and she felt like it was better on a college application. Right. So she decided to go with that, and again, very happy that she decided to do that instead of following her boyfriend everywhere, because (laughs) I am a very, we'll get into this a little bit later, but... I'm a strong proponent of girls live your life. Do mm-hmm. not follow a boyfriend nowhere ever. Mm. And mm. honestly, if he goes to a school you want to go to, go to another school. So oh, that's, that's my little noted for her future daughter conversations. <laughs> my little god baby. We'll see. <laughs> you see, you see, I keep throwing that out there because I'm claiming her. <laughs> <laughs> I come through, Ashley. Okay. Uh, so at Bellevue, first of all, before before Bellevue, the movie essentially starts off and she gets a letter from John Ambrose, who essentially rolling was my eyes, who is impressed by her complex feelings at such a young age, and he <sighs> wants to know um, why she decided to send it now, and he ended it saying yours. John Ambrose. (laughs) The recast of this character, because at the end of the first film, if you stay around after a little bit into the credits, John Ambrose is a different guy. He comes to the door. Kitty sees him, sees the letter. She calls for Laura Jean. Suddenly, in, in, in film two, we have a whole different man. Yes. Diversity casting. Not yes. to be funny, but that but is the I case. But I love Jordan Fisher. I get that, but it threw me because if you're going to have a trilogy and you're aware you're going to have a trilogy. They weren't aware of the success of the film because actually, let's keep, let's keep things in perspective, okay? One of the things that in terms of trends in movies, peak rom-com was early 2000 then we went into this superhero uh universe and we haven't been able to get out of it so to see that netflix was going to do original rom-com was such a big deal and it was done so well and the reason why it's it, it it did so well is because it was made well you know what i mean and it's like people want other options than people in suits and magic flying out of their fingers okay it's like can we do that basic human drama please delora i hear you but they if they did not feel that they were going to be able to do a complete trilogy then y'all did not have enough confidence in yourselves and you should have planned accordingly listen i don't like inconsistencies so you should have thought if this is a trilogy then the possibility of us getting picked up dictates that we need to be prepared so you better have the correct version of john Ambrose and in the film one if you want me to not feel shocked and off put when you get to film two you that really is how I feel no I I'm so I remember when the casting decision was made and I was like wait why would you make such an inconsistency like I hate inconsistencies in films it throws me off again Jordan was lovely I liked him in another Netflix film he was in too it's he not to negate Hamilton on Broadway well no wonder you love him so much it's <laughs> and not to with the stars it's not to take away from Someone that actor hasn't been on that bandwagon for her long he was also on Dancing with the Stars Got, and I'm sure he did his thing because he is very musically inclined He's extremely it is talented. not to take away from that man Jordan do your thing my point is they should have prepared better. The filmmakers, the producers, whatever. We should have prepared better for the idea that this is going to get picked up. Because don't throw me off with these inconsistencies. Because then, then I, don't, I don't root for John the way I could have. That's all. 
Ashley, I also want to mention that, again, the first film came out in 2018, did extremely well. Then they decided to do the final two books and they filmed those two films together at the back same time. Back to back, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, guess who's at Belleville View? John Ambrose. So there's literally only two students there volunteering and it's Laura Jean and John Ambrose and he's feeling her. He is just wanting to get to know her. He's letting her know that he has had, always has had feelings for her. Um, I have to admit one of my favorite characters in this film is Stormy, who yes. is the, oh, a woman who is at the home that Margot got to spend some time with and told Laura Jean about. Um, she was I feel star. like I didn't get enough of her, but uh, some backstory. She was not just a flight attendant. She was a Pan Am uh, uh, stewardess. Okay. The showgirls of the sky. <laughs> she was a star and she had the most fabulous room in an old folks home I've she, ever seen. Honestly, it was gigantic. Yeah. Okay. She was VIP. Gigantic. <laughs> okay. And so with the introduction of John Ambrose, we have a love triangle because Ashley, guess what? She didn't tell him that she had a new boo. That was a little shady. That omission of the truth. She was a little shady. It was really bad. And so much so that they decided to do some reminiscing because the reason why he's not in the circle anymore is because his family moved away. And uh, they decide to go to this old tree house that's going to be tore down and dig up some old time capsule, right? And that entire scene was so awkward because it is obvious <laughs> that John had feelings for Laura Jean and, and Peter keeps trying to step up as a boyfriend really quick. One of the things that I loved about Peter, uh, especially from the first film, which made him so endearing was he was really showing her the ropes of how to have a popular teenage relationship. <laughs> like He was like, okay, Put my my face as your homepage. Um, you know what I mean? He knew the emojis. You had yeah. to give the Instagram posts. The I mean, love. Laura Jean had never been in a relationship. She was a virgin. You know, yes. Peter is her first boyfriend, first everything for the most part. So yes. it makes total sense. But this scene was so cringy to me because to me, both Laura Jean and Peter were tripping, right? Because Peter had invited yes. Jen. Yes, ex, even though Lord yes. Jean said no, we're not inviting Jen, right? Yes, and then Lord Jean up here acting like she went with Peter. Everything John says, yeah, sure. Yes, John, you brought the pizza. Great. Yes, we can clean up. And, yep, the pizza was a big point of contention because Peter was like, I could have brought the pizza. I could have brought the pizza. Delora, I literally have in my notes the fuck. Like, I just don't understand why you're acting like this, Lord Jean. First of all, Kitty told her about herself before they even showed up because Kitty was like, Peter likes caramel cupcakes. She sure did. Who you making I... this shit for? <laughs> Who you making this shit for? That ain't what that ain't what our that ain't what our man likes. Oh my gosh. The I real MVP, Miss Kitty, every time. Every time. And so uh, honestly, a lot of stuff was going on, so much so, because Laura Jean had already told Peter that John Ambrose wrote her back, 
Peter was already in his feelings. He even said, for a girl who's never had a boyfriend, you know how to, you know. Play with a guy's feelings, girl. Play with a man's feelings. And so the, the, the omission in both of their camps led to them breaking up. And it was so sad. And, and here's the field trip, okay? They go to a field trip <laughs> to the Portland Aquarium, and she gives him back the necklace that he gave her for Valentine's Day. Yo, this scene broke my whole heart. This First scene all, broke my whole heart. Can we talk about how gorgeous that scene was, by the way? That blue and those jellyfish, the golden color. Like I said, gorgeous. the color palette, the color gorgeous. palette was yes. beautiful. But it was just so heartbreaking, like why would lord g why would you think you have to give back a gift that this man gave you and he was so struck by the question yes that he was just like uh uh sure i oh guess oh my goodness oh and mind you his gift for her for valentine's day was that necklace and a poem that she thought was original but it was not <laughs> it was a remix peter can't be everything okay this man is cute <laughs> He's popular, he's charming, he's an athlete. He can't also be a poet, can he? Damn. I mean, just just tell her what it just tell her that it wasn't original though. Cause But imagine, was like was she was so excited. He was just like, Yeah, sure. You know, I'm not gonna tell you this is an Edgar Allen Poe original. I'm gonna let you enjoy this moment. And so, really quick, the reason why uh, Peter and Laura Jean broke breaks up is because of Peter and Jen. She finds out that from film one, he was actually waiting for Jen. Mm. And because she showed up, Jen took the video and posted it. And he omitted that Mm. Mm. to Laura Jean. Mm. That is worth breaking up over. Yes, it is. The, The situation with Jen, I have in my notes, was totally out of hand. It was inappropriate. I would not want to constantly have to look over my shoulder and worry about Jen. It comes down to communication. I feel like these moments would not have been so severe had Peter communicated with his girlfriend about what was going on. Exactly. Ashley, do you feel like girl code rules apply with a frenemy? In terms of uh, Laura Jean not messing with Peter because of Jen? Yes. No, absolutely not. At that point, we're not cool. Jen is a bitch in every sense of the word when it comes to Laura Jean. She has bullied her. She's released a sex tape that wasn't really a sex tape. Um, She's done a lot of shenanigans up to this point. So no, I do not feel like there needs to be any loyalty there. I don't feel like Laura Jean needed to have any conversations with her. And at this point, Jen and Peter are being disrespectful towards Laura Jean. Yes, because he showed up to her house because she was sad. And that's a, and you know, what's the point of you being with her if he's going to be jumping up back and call whenever Jen is having a hard time? Like, again, I know she is going through a hard time, but you are no longer her man. Exactly. And it's not to say y'all can't be friends. It's just the level of closeness at that point had become yes. inappropriate, right? Yes. Yes. You can be friends, but hey, I got you. Uh, and me and Laurel Jean you, will be over there shortly. <laughs> again, mind you, from the first scene, he's still visiting her after we have our special moments. Like, it, it just kind of feels like it kept kept coming up, you know? The last question I have for you, Ashley, though, about uh, Laura Jean, specifically as it relates to Jen, did, did you feel like her insecurities were valid? Laura Jean's yeah or do you feel like her in her insecurities were still in her joy I felt 
that they were valid, but I'm glad that she reached a point where she realized that her, the way that she feels is, is only controlled by herself. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was very mature of Laura Jean, because that's something most of us probably don't really get to (laughs) for a little while. Yeah. (laughs) To not let other people be the catalyst for stealing your joy to your point or dictating how you feel. You know, nobody Mm -hmm. can tell, nobody can force your reactions to things. You know what I'm saying? So Laura Jean had to take that power back because she was still so insecure and wondering about the dynamic between Jen and Peter and comparing herself and wondering, oh, or do you miss sex? You were getting sex with Jen. Y'all were having sex all the that time. That interaction was yeah. so hilarious to me. I was like, you really going to say this to your brother? But honestly, I also loved it because honestly, that that would be me in a relationship. I am that blunt. Like, yo. <laughs> no, absolutely. Especially when you're still a virgin and you're starting to date like the most popular boy in school. Because we see yes. on Valentine's Day when all them damn cars fell out this man's locker. Girls thirst did not stop because Laura Jean was dating him i mean when i tell you in high school i probably would have been getting into some fights because i just could not imagine dating See, someone i'm not a fighter after i'm not a fighter not, but I, I i'm not a fighter either i just feel like it would have come something would have come to a head for me because i'm a very passionate person so something yeah. would have come to a head for me but i felt her and her insecurity because i i did not like like her cousin said during the korean new year she's like oh i thought you were uh, no dating till college kind of girl. Yeah, that was me. Okay. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> for me, I, I kind of get it just a little bit, but I also felt like she was definitely overthinking things. Um, but that's common for a teenage girl. So absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Let's keep that in mind. They're teenagers. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Okay. So um, the movie wraps uh, by Laura Jean actually coming to terms with Jen. Um, This I thought was a unique perspective because I do feel like her having a real heart to heart was necessary because it's obvious that Peter is always going to have some type of connection to Jen in some kind of way, right? Mm -hmm. So the only way they, Laura Jean and Peter, to move forward is for her to actually clear the way again this is very big of her as well yeah very mature (laughs) and the girls have heart to heart um they essentially jen confessed to laura jean that peter is absolutely obsessed with you so you have nothing to worry about but i'm going through some things and he's the most he's essentially home base for her uh what did you think about this interaction um i I thought, like I said, it was very mature of Laura Jean. I'm glad that they were able to clear the air because you could tell that there was still some level of like pain that Jen was carrying, like I said, from issues that happened back in middle school. And I think sometimes going directly to the source of a problem is the best solution. And in this case, Jen was the problem. So let's hash it out. Let me get a better understanding of what this problem was or what it is that you feel like you need to lean on Peter for, what have you. And let's not forget that they were once best friends, right? And that was never resolved. So to have a better understanding of, you know, how Jen felt, how Laura Jean felt about the dissolution of their friendship beyond the relationship with Peter, just on a woman to woman basis, I thought was a beautiful thing. Yes. And so mind you, there's a big dance at Bellevue and at this point Laura Jean is still single and she's kind of moping around but she's getting closure and uh Stormy pulls out 
this gorgeous dress for her to wear to the dance and she danced with john ambrose they go outside it's snowing in portland and they make snow angels and they share a kiss and in that kiss she just realized that she misses peter wow right <laughs> yikes when you kiss somebody and you wish they were someone else that 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 would be rough for john john ambrose i th- this so i was a little harsh on john when we did the transition and i mm-hmm. did feel some type of way but in this moment i felt so bad for him because throughout this film he's talking about feeling second fiddle to peter when they were growing up the in- his entire life yeah feeling like girls <laughs> yes. were only liking him because he was friends with peter so then to get rejected by laura jean for yes. peter yes but we don't, even, we don't even get his reaction we and don't again he was so sweet throughout this whole movie i love the scene after the awkward capsule time capsule event he's playing on the p- piano and he's like the only reason why people call me john ambrose is because you called me that first and i told people to call me that because oh, we could movie. both be we both went by our first and middle the names movies. oh my gosh so, he so was that was very endearing sweet. it was very and, endearing and honestly, he would have been more on her level <laughs> if if she hadn't done the whole arrangement with Peter, frankly. I mean, for sure. he and it, I told you this on previous recaps. I love when it is a hard choice, right? When the other man or the other person in this love triangle is exceptional in and of themselves. And John Ambrose was. So John is about to find him a boo. And hey, yes. don't make me come through this television, okay? <laughs> But Ashley, Ashley, my favorite line is coming up. So Lauren runs and she's like, you know what? Can I, can I give you, can I give you your dress tomorrow? She tells us to sunny or stormy gore, (laughs) sunny stormy. (laughs) (laughs) Same thing. And she was like, no, because it's yours. That was so sweet. But as she, soon as she leaves, um, walks out the door it's Peter, Peter Kavinsky. He said, you know, I, I know you hate driving in the snow. So I decided to come. Ashley, he said, break my heart. Break my heart into a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Lord. Oh my God. The way I'm- you're reading this. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, Ashley. I love this part. No, it was the thoughtfulness. It was so thoughtful. It was beautiful. I... I love Peter and I think throughout this film that was one thing that bothered me is that you got this other perspective even from John of like well Peter's actually a little bit of a dick you know he he's the last piece of pizza he's a douche from season one well episode one or or, movie one look we're both saying it now season one episode one film one but i didn't josh's josh's feedback wasn't as valuable to me as john's because they weren't friends right i True. thought josh was like a hater whereas john yes. is like well we were friends and listen yes. he's just not a very empathetic or like aware person because he would always take the last slice of pizza this isn't that yes. so yes. i love this moment too because to me it revalidates the fact that listen peter is a great guy he really loves laura jean he's a like, catch he sure is <laughs> And she is too, which is the most important yes, part. Yes, she is. As if that's in question, though. Laura Jean out here playing her playing the field. She got she sure is living her best life. She has okay. some options. 
Um, so the thing about the end of this movie, I was under the assumption they had sex in this treehouse. Um, mm. d- did you think that? No. Well, the reason why I thought so is because they they see the treehouse being torn down, but the sun is rising and they're wearing the same clothes. I think they just came over there, at, like drove over there after he picked her up just because they knew it was the day that it was getting torn down. And mm-hmm. maybe the reading the books informs that a little bit more for me than I can, mm-hmm. that I recall, because I remember how the loss of virginity is supposed yes. to go down and yes. that's not it. So yes. And then the other part from. was they had this cute kissing um, scene, but then they kind of started floating in the air, which I thought was very interesting. I'm like, oh, they're in cloud nine. So. <laughs> exactly. We're back together. Oh, all the let the fireworks of rom coms, like the end of Crazy Rich Asians, go yes, off. You exactly. Know? Exactly. All right. All right, Ashley, our final film, Always and Forever. So, one of the things that I love absolutely in the beginning was an international trip. Yes. They are in Seoul, Korea. Visually stunning, right? Stunning. I never thought I wanted to go to Korea until I saw. <laughs> it's all some of these shots okay they are on spring break the family is together including trina that's one thing that i did not mention in uh <laughs> film two we are introduced to trina who is the new neighbor and uh she's their dad's new boo mm-hmm. so there she's more than boo because he asks the girls or tells the girls that he's interested in proposing to her so that's pretty major we are now in senior year for laura jean and peter and they are talking about going to stanford he is going to go for lacrosse she's going to go for english lit it's supposed to be a match made in heaven Ashley, for me, I was like flag, red flag number one. Okay, <laughs> we do not make plans to go to school with your boyfriend in high school. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, situational for me, right? Like, I can't say what I think is best for any one particular person, but the theme of this movie dictated to me and of the books that, you know, it wasn't going to work out. Margot dumped her boyfriend when she was going to college. Margot is taking the advice of their mother who said never go to college with a boyfriend, you know? And so you get the idea that- I'm 100% on that bandwagon. Yeah, that there is this desire of like, you need to spread your wings. And to your point, Laura, the reason why I feel like- Again, I'll say it's situational because I think to each their own and I don't want to pressure somebody to go down a path that's not for them. But I'll say this. Mm -hmm. There's so much growth that happens as a human being that to make certain life choices based off of a moment in time and based off of this one relationship. It's school. College is college is a time of discovery, not only intellectually, not but of only oneself. Just college, your twenties, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And as someone who was in a very serious relationship in my early twenties, I can tell you, I do not advise making substantial life decisions in that era. But again, to each their own. This we've been we've been rooting for this couple up until this point. So I yes. think you know how I feel and how I sit on normal people. I feel about happily ever afters. <laughs> you want to root for this couple because I'm yes. an American, as you always like to tell me. So, <laughs> well, the other thing I'm going to say to that is, I feel like 
Okay, I was a resident advisor for three years, three out of the four years I was in college, and most of my time was with freshmen. And I can tell you that friends don't even make it from semester one to semester two. Right. Let alone boyfriends and girlfriends. And if they do, they have the most difficult time because they don't know how to grow together. And I think yes. when it comes when it comes to long-term relationships, and this goes for anybody, you have to grow with the person, especially a woman. And I say that to say men, men are pretty set. Women go through all types of things. And I'm not saying that to make our sex sound crazy or, or anything like that, but women find themselves in different phases of our lives because we realize that the societal norms for us is all bullshit. So <laughs> you know, Speak on that in Women's History Month, dude. Speak on that. <laughs> Speak so on that. When you are with a woman, you need to give her space to grow and find herself and find her voice. Absolutely. And I, I would even say, I don't even think men are set because I think this is when a certain level of maturity starts to develop. Both men mm-hmm. and women, once you leave the security of your parents' home, once mm-hmm. you enter into a phase of, oh my God, I have independence. I have to figure out who it is that I am. I have to figure out what it is that I want to do. There is an overarching sense of not only it's growth, but panic. Like you are making yes. decisions that are fundamental to who you will become. Yes. So, so yes, advisable Delora to take <laughs> the time out, baby, to figure it out. But this is a rom-com. It is. It is. And that's why I was conflicted as an audience member because i'm just like oh they are so cute but girl live your life all right kitty meets a boy lord jesus it i didn't like it the, uh... i don't want her to grow up i love i love my little kitty <laughs> can i say i've never wanted a little sister until kitty i was like oh i want so you <laughs> and it was so cute because when they got when they came home from seoul uh, Peter was there to surprise them. I, I just, again, he just meshed so well with their family. It's so cute and darling. And Kitty ran into his arms first. Yes. <laughs> yes, but that's real. You really want your family to love who you're with, right? Yes, that's the hope. That's the dream. <laughs> and I love that they talk. I love sometimes when rom-coms or even comedies, they kind of talk about themselves in, this, in the fact that it's like, oh, well, we don't have a meet cute and we don't have a song or an anniversary. And so uh, this is important because they are essentially on a search for their song throughout the film. And so we also get a, a, another character in this film. Peter's dad becomes a more prevalent uh, character because. Was not the case in the books, by the way. He never came, made a comeback. Really? Never okay, did. Good to know. I, I did not read the books. So basically, Peter is very resentful because his father's no longer in his life or his mom's life. And it's like, hey, you want to come talk to me when I'm on my way out the door, successful, going to Stanford. Uh <laughs> and you have a whole nother family, sir. Exactly. You replaced us. And so the big themes for this particular movie, college acceptance, right? Mm-hmm. It's senior year. So we're talking about college acceptance and prom. Those are the two big things going on in Laura Jean's and Peter Cavinci's life. Laura Jean doesn't get into Stanford, Ashley. Yikes. 
And again, her and this this omission of the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is on cloud nine thinking they're going to be going. And she keeps trying to find the best way to tell him, hey, guess what? I'm not. But in the meantime, she did get accepted to Berkeley. The school, again, has a major trip. They go to New York City, literally across the country. Can you I would have been That would have been so dope as a senior trip in high school. I know, but I'm like, who does this? I did not do that for my senior trip. <laughs> we didn't have a senior trip, so I don't oh, know nothing about it. we didn't it. have one either. I actually went with my band. You know, I'm a band person, of course. Um, we went to the Bahamas. We went on a cruise Ooh, alone. By Lanta. Okay, budgets. Yes, budgets. Yes. <laughs> well, my band... My my band director did not play. He was like, we're going places, okay? Listen. <laughs> but they have this epic trip in New York. They actually don't get a chance to hang out with each other because of their names. That was so lame. <laughs> like, was. by senior year, do not be splitting us up in alphabetical order. This is not elementary school. Exactly. Exactly. But honestly, I think that might have been the best thing that happened, Laura Jean, because guess what? She got a chance to fall in love with the city she sure did so we know that genevieve is going to nyu so much so that apparently she's telling people it all the time and so her and chris got a chance to get a taste of college life one of the things that i also love about rom-coms is how sanitized they do cities like new york city because new york is gross sorry to new yorkers who maybe listen to this podcast yeah sorry but but the treatment of making it seem like it's this romantic you know i i think couch on the subway (laughs) i think that the the romance of and the love of new york city across the board in film has always been interesting to me and maybe Mm. it's because i don't share it when i go to new york (laughs) i feel frantic i feel rushed my nerves are shot (laughs) i'm always like y'all romance this city so much so much but i think it's because it's a hub of the creatives i mean yeah the harlem the harlem really times where black people are just thriving and then all the great directors and authors or what have you and i get it but the city itself is gross (laughs) i remember last time i went there was stuff falling down like on in my hair i was like what is going on yo yo and i hear never go in summer because it's just hot as hell and that's when i've been twice was in the summer girl so she falls in love with the city and she it was completely unexpected uh, to her because the goal was to go to, to uc berkeley for a year and they transfer over to stanford so they can live their perfect life together one of the things that i did love and find and found really endearing was when she told him that she didn't get in he had, you know, a stunned look on his face, but then he he asked, are you okay? And I'm like, uh, yo, sir, thank they you. They have them as being so emotionally evolved. Like, yes. I have to be honest, <laughs> they yes. behave in ways that people even our age and beyond do not respond in real life. You know, Actually, it's that ability yo. to not think of just yourself in a moment and to have that initial reaction be the reaction, right? Because yes. in this moment, as Peter, it's just it's entirely justified if he's crushed. Yeah. And I'm actually going a little bit out of order, but it, it, this is all New York <laughs> that I'm talking about. Laura Jean is just really contemplating whether or not she wants to go to NYU. And she does the whole... Uh, 
Google search thing and it takes a day and 18 hours to get from, uh, uh, I think she did it from Stanford, Stanford yes. to NYU. So across the country, baby. Across the country. And it's so funny because in school, she saw Jen and she was like, hey, should I go? And she was like, sis, I'm not making that decision for you. I think it's nice, too, that we have this movie to show the development back of Jen and Laura Jean's friendship. Mm -hmm. Because this is now the first film where... There, Jen is nice. Jen is being is. so nice and supportive. Yes, yes. Even especially when she was in New York, she didn't have to show her and Chris around. Absolutely and one not. Of the thing I loved about Chris really quick is the fact that, of course, she would be taking a gap year. Like you know, I'm still upset with Chris for bringing a damn uh, chest. Like I'm gonna need. I, Lord yes. Jean was better than me because I'm not carrying no chest through the city <laughs> or but to Chris the hotel. Was a good friend, because he, I think it was in um movie two when she asked her about uh essentially peter and, and laura jean's sex life she was like be able to rev up your own engine before someone yes. um, looking at the other i'm like that is a good girlfriend right there no chris yes. is a real one i love chris i would have just said girl i'm gonna need you to get a suitcase because i'm not carrying this chest but otherwise chris is like she should have been in a she should have been born in the 70s i love chris love her definitely an old soul for sure mm -hmm. uh so her dad noticed that laura jean's dad noticed that she's having a hard time coming to grips with making a decision over college and again i love his conversation with her too he's like you have to stay true to yourself and he's like you can't save this relationship without growing yeah by not growing right oh by exactly. not without growing yes mm -hmm. and, and i thought that was that was beautiful and so we go to the diner and she tells Peter that she's going to NYU. And again, he kind of takes it a little bit too well. And uh, we see distance forming between them, specifically when they go to prom. Mm -hmm. um, can I say, again, uh, Laura Jean has, is such a beauty. I have loved all of her, her dress moments. I think my favorite dress moment, though, was from film two. <laughs> that, that blue ruffle dress but her prom dress was so lovely yeah i love the set the blue dress so much i was upset when she fell in the snow into the snow angel i said that may be couture i'm gonna need you to get up <laughs> same i was thinking the same thing i was like aren't you supposed to give this back to stormy though right. like <laughs> and, and and what brand are we playing in the snow in okay girl exactly but um after prom Laura Jean is essentially pressured, feeling pressured that her and Peter needs to make some type of connection because she made this decision to be far away, you know, to derive from their plans. And it, it really blows up in her face so much so that they break up, Ashley. Peter dumps her. What do you think about that? I mean, saw it coming, right? Like, yeah. if you suddenly decide, hey, I'm about to go across the country, I agree with Peter, and, like, I don't want to wait for this to happen. You know, you just want to have sex with me to feel close to me. It feels, it felt to me also like she was saying goodbye. You know, you're suddenly giving me this box with all these memories. Yes. You want to have sex, so kind of, like, put the nail in the coffin of our relationship. Like, I agree with him, and to be honest, I had in my notes, like, was it, would I be angry? Because I think especially because of what Peter was going through with his father. He had just talked about that there was nothing worse than not being chosen. Yes. And this is 
a culmination of that, right? Of like, hey, we had a whole plan. Now you're choosing NYU over me. Obviously, we have our thoughts and feelings about that. But in that moment, if I were Peter, I would have been crushed. Yes. I, I, I think that's probably why they incorporated the father coming back in his life for the film. So it can, it can probably serve as an added pressure point, right? And um, also give you a better perspective of how Peter feels. Yes. Because yes. it's not a story about Peter. It's about Laura Jean. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the wedding happens and there's no Peter. And that actually made me really, really sad because I know he would have had a, such a great time there with the family. But I love at that point in the movie, Laura Jean, there, you know, the narrative conversation was, you know, is this what it's like to be an adult, to have all these different emotions, to be so happy and yet so sad all at the same time? Um, Valid, girl. You got you to gotta move through it all. <laughs> move through. A- amen. Amen. And Ashley, the wedding is over and Kitty being the grandmaster of this entire series. Yes. Tells Laura Jean that she has to get something from the tent. And she's like, oh, I'll just get it in the morning. She's like, no, go get it tonight. (laughs) Have a good night, Laura Jean. She goes out there and she finds the yearbook so previously they had given each other their yearbook to write in and and peter wrote her a new contract ashley so sweet but in that contract he essentially started by telling the story of their meet cute Mm -hmm. how they were go ahead Side note, I love that little Claudia from the Babysitter's Club is young Laura Jean throughout these flashbacks. She was so so cute. So cute. Ashley, when I tell you, I was like, why does this little girl look so familiar to me? Yes. If you guys have not watched the Babysitter's Club on Netflix, that is little Claudia. We are women in our 30s and we watched that entire series. Like nostalgia. You both watching like yes, a me, you, and Shamika <laughs> all binged it. Yes, it was so cute, so cute. Thank you, Ashley, for bringing that up. And so basically, their meet cute was they were what sixth or seventh grade, and yeah, yeah. Um, her hair got stuck in her chair, and she he helped her, and she turned around and smiled at him, and he said, "My heart." flipped upside down and um fun note the teacher in that assembly is the great author of the the novels uh that was her second cameo she had a cameo she actually was in all three oh i didn't see her in the first one but i caught her in the second one so yes uh the second one she was the teacher during uh the cafeteria during valentine's day and Mm -hmm. in the first one she was the teacher at the homecoming dance with laura jean and lucas oh Ah, okay. okay. Yes. And uh, he essentially said that if we're going to be together forever, four years of college isn't a big deal. And he ends their contract with love always and forever. Oh, that was so sweet. <laughs> and so they find their song, the beginning, middle and end, which is us. First of all, I love those type of songs. So I was a sucker for it <laughs> did you like their song <laughs> i liked it yeah i agreed with him though at first when she was like hey i found our song he was like 
our song has to be shared. Like we, it has like, to be a with moment us, together. It has to be a moment. Yeah. And honestly, I felt like, yeah, for her, she was into it because she was falling in love with New with York. With the city, not with yes. Peter, right? <laughs> oh, but I felt it. Like, but ma'am, it's our couple song, right? Like, yeah. They go to the bedroom and I was like, yo, what's going on here? Um, but I forgot that her dad and his new wife weren't there because they had the sparkle send-off so they are together for the first time biblically biblically they got to know each other (laughs) and uh the ending ashley this is the part where so his note to her for the contract made me super emotional but the part that had me crying was at the very end when we have the montage of them you know finishing up high school getting ready for college and she talks in the narr the narrator laura jean essentially says she's like what's three thousand miles she's like you know what three thousand miles apart is good for writing Writing love love letters i got chills (laughs) ashley that was so well done to me the movie overall was really slow, but I felt like they were able to tie a very neat bow for the series. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Um, I was just going to say, I remember telling you that I thought I was mistaken about in the books. she goes to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And that is accurate. In the books, their agreement was to go to the University of Virginia. And Whoa. then she goes and visits North Carolina and becomes, wants to become a Tar Heel. So just, you know, it's just. So it's where just, are they originally? Are they in Portland in the books? So they're not. I can't remember what, where they live at in the books, but geographically, obviously these things change because of what made the most sense. Mm. But, um, but the books wrap up in, I believe, a similar way, right? Where it's kind of ambiguous. We don't know. Inevitably, as the audience, I hope that maybe they're able to last on and love each other but realistically and pessimistically i think this is a beautiful high school romance that is going to see its conclusion (laughs) yeah i thought it was beautifully done in the sense of i didn't want them to end in a way that was negative or hurtful i love how like they're right they're they're doing it in a loving kind of way like there's a level of understanding between them it's like it's not a rejection of you it is uh life it's it's an acceptance of myself because again like she would not have been able to uh, live with herself if she didn't follow her, her heart in that way absolutely and i think that's very important for every young woman so that's why i'm very against girls following boys it's like girl make up your own mind okay <laughs> live, live your, your best life. life exactly so that's the end of t- oh last last thing um any other favorite lines or characters i'm curious uh, I think my favorites were Kitty and Lucas. I mean, mm-hmm. Lucas's Kitty's friendship great. throughout yes. all three, like he really helped to get Laura Jean out of her own way in certain mm-hmm. times and certain scenes. And he was just um, very funny. I loved their friendship and dynamic. And Kitty, as I said, was the real MVP. So, Absolutely. I mean, that's really all I've got. I'm glad that these the, the entire trilogy was able to be made. Very enjoyable films and Hats off to Lana because I think she's a star. She's absolutely a star. All right. So that concludes our recap. Nice, nice. Hitting gems time, Delora. 
All right, go first. Go first, Ashley. All right, so all mine are sticking with Netflix. Uh, these are all top 10, so it's not exactly hidden, but I just enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I just enjoyed all of these, so I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Not sure if any of these will eventually be a recap, but for now, they're hitting gems. Firefly Lane, first up, starring Katherine Heigl and Sarah Chalk. Love this show. On my list. Bonded with my mom heavily over this show. Um, it's really about the breadth of these two women's friendships from very, you know, like high school age to adulthood and all the pitfalls that go with just growing up and family and all of that. I thought it was very well done. It left on a cliff tank cliffhanger. So I'm looking forward to season two. Um, but again, highly enjoyable. This is basically Catherine Heigl's comeback, honestly, because she has not been able to really get anything off the ground in a long time. So Girl, yeah. very enjoyable. Go ahead and binge that one time. Jenny and Georgia on Netflix. This was a, a recent binge. Uh, I think it was last weekend. I may have watched all you of did these. It quickly. Yeah. Yes. 10 episodes (laughs) um loved it this was one that i thought i knew what it was going to be but it was darker than i anticipated and because of that especially i was pleasantly surprised (laughs) again because of all the stuff we watched delora sometimes it's rare to surprise us you know what i mean like to take us for a little ride so i enjoy the aspect i know this recently landed in some hot water because of a taylor swift joke but do not let that deter you guys from enjoying the series that's one joke that supposedly people feel some type of way about in an Mm -hmm. entire 10 episode uh, season so mm-hmm. I still highly recommend Jenny and Georgia last one behind her eyes on Netflix Laura I finished this last night and I did not sleep well but oh. I did not sleep well because I was watching this at like 1am not because the show was okay. not good but it ended on such a note that's shocking for most audience members and I love a good ending the best thrillers have a great unexpected ending and this is no exception the okay. star of this film I think she did an exceptional job. I look forward to seeing her in future projects. So behind her eyes on Netflix, guys, check I'm out. I'm nervous. I'm real Don't be nervous. nervous. I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy it. It's very psychologically intense. And apparently it's not as scary then. Because like the way people talk about it, again, no spoilers. But um, I assume that it it's you know scary but you don't like scary stuff so if you are no. able to get through it then... it's not scary it's just a thriller right it's just mm-hmm. a psychological element to it that is intriguing so i will say that but those are my three hidden gems what are yours all right my hidden gems this week are also netflix <laughs> <laughs> so netflix my... where's your where, are you listening because we, we do a lot for you <laughs> yeah 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 so um, they are all in the realm of rom-coms. Love guaranteed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is starring Rachel my, Lee Cook. Rachel Lee Cook and um, D- D- Damon Jr. <laughs> my fave. This is a PG rom-com and it still gives you the feels even though they are not doing anything crazy. Ashley, you know this and I'll reiterate this for the podcast. I'm a lover of um, all types of romance, rom-coms. And honestly, you don't have to get down and dirty like Outlander or normal people <laughs> for me to enjoy. Or right. Like, honestly, sometimes, and we said this before, the, the unspoken, the glances across the room, it could do it for me too. And this is no exception, okay? And fun um, fact, fun fact, guys, this is our test podcast. We yes! did love guarantee. <laughs> It may never see the light of day. Yes. yes. Shout out to them early days, baby. 
And then my second uh, rom-com is Kissing Booth. So it's another teen drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is fine. It's not as good as To All the Boys I Loved Before. Um, but it's also not bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the first movie I liked a lot. I the liked a lot. The first movie I liked. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then... Not really going to be a hidden gem, but I want to remind everyone that Oprah sit down with Megan and Harry this <laughs> Sunday at seven on CBS. Okay, so Yo, if there's anybody who can bring out the most tea, it is Oprah Winfrey. So two hours worth. Ashley. We're going to be glued, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it next week. So yes. On that note, I know we went a little long today, guys, but I hope you enjoyed this. If you have not watched this trilogy of To All the Boys I Love Before check it out it's such so delightful you know if you're looking for something that'll kind of lift your spirits up a little bit it is lovely um next week we're doing coming to america two <laughs> is the plan so we're sticking with you know kind of the lighthearted. this will be a comedy obviously we'll see if the second in the legacy of coming to america is as good as the first i'm looking forward to watching it so delora Till next week, darling. Yes, ma'am. Talk to you soon. Love you, girl. See you. Love you, too. Guys, be blessed.